It's time for Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock. Believe me when I say we have a difficult time ahead of us. But if we are to be prepared for it, we must first shed our fear of it. I stand here without fear because I remember. I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here! Declare your independence with me, Ernest Hancock, in Buka Chica, Buka Chica, Buka Chica, uh, Texas. Okay, South Padre Island, next to Starbase. You know where Starship is sitting over there, and I'm going to get me some pictures and stuff when freaking I get done doing some work. We came here just to, you know before we go back to Arizona. The Love Bus Liberty Tour is getting near the end, and the last place that I wanted to do the way we routed this out over the years, is I definitely was going to go see Starship because freaking I can get over it. So I went, um, we're here to do that, but we've just been so busy putting the newspaper together. Within a week or two, we're going to be ready to go to production, and it's going to be awesome. You know, and John Snyzen's always got good, 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 so he's participated. And, uh, you know, Tim Pachote, you know, has been invited to write, but he's like, you know, like, like Tim. So we'll go ahead and see. He gets to it, you know, and um, in time. I got, invited, I got invited two days ago and was just watching my kids the past three and a half weeks of contact tracing. I had been trying to get hold of you Whoa, before, you know. I So anyway, so this is, it's coming together. I had to, when we were driving from Florida Keys up to here, all right, Donna, you got to drive. Cause I got to start, you know, cracking a whip on these people. Because this is what I always do. I knew I was going to do it probably a couple of months ago. I go, you know. You know, by Thanksgiving time or something, the deadline, we're going to do it. When we get back to Arizona, we're going to do physical distribution in the rural areas of Arizona, have a bunch of go to Washington State. Then now it's, you know, Texas and Oklahoma and Missouri, and everybody wants, you know, and there's, well, now I got, you know, like uh, in um, eastern Pennsylvania. And, it, you know, it'll go, you know, however many I print up, it'll distribute across the country. But, It'll be online, too, so, you know, whatever. But the physical manifestation of this, when we're dealing with legislators, when you're looking at, you know, mood and people and creating movements and everything, you need a freaking sign on the overpass and a newspaper. And it's like a nana-nana, nana-nana in real space. None of this online crap interfaces with the Internet. But, man, I want to affect policy. And this is how I've been doing it for 30 years. It's in the street so this is why we're doing it this way and uh and there's a theme and the theme is this um i'm of the opinion that there is a a, a an awakening a coming all right give me give me a minute here guys and then we'll get the john's gonna explain it to us i am of the opinion that at 
Thanksgiving and Christmas dinners, there is going to be conversation of families of, man, heating and eating. Uh, which one are we going to do, you know? And um, that they're finally going to see that the reasons they were in urban areas for jobs or for um, uh, educate our kids in a good school district or whatever, when they find one of those, let me know. And then you have you know a lot of the facilities, even health care and so on. Well, all of these things are being much better attained outside of the cities. People are working remotely now. They want to grow their own food or at least know where it came from or see the field that it was planted in and how much, you know, crop dusting they're doing with glyphosate or whatever. They have, um, um, you know, homeschooling with networking, of co-oping with people and doing and kind of whatever and barn raising, building of their own hacker space for them to have the tech they want that's Jarvis and not Alexa and you control your own life and you can automate all the hell you want, have as much tech as long as it doesn't get plugged in straight to the, you know, the matrix. And I just, you know, these things you can have a very high quality life and not be in the middle of supporting the beast that's devouring you. And that is what Pirates has been about. PiratesWithoutBorders.com is the decentralization of technology and so on to serve the individual and not the state. Because it's all about serving some big giant collective and big company that rules you now. And I'm just, I, I'm done. You know, I, I just, and I've been so pissed off in just the last few days you know, maybe we'll get into some of the stuff that we uncovered. But, you know, bottom line, bad guys being bad. All of a sudden, you scratch the surface and go, whoa, more bad guys being bad. Really bad. And I'm going, I, how do you get away from this stuff? You physically got to get away from this stuff. You know, well, let's talk about uh, Mr. John Snyzen in Canada, in Winnipeg. You'd think you'd be away from it. Are you away from it, John? Well, l luckily, I'm not in Winnipeg, or else I would be right in the in the hellhole, really. Uh, so I'm I'm like 80 kilometers north of Winnipeg, uh, and close to a place called Gimli, um, which is called New Iceland for some reason. Well, I, there's like tons of Icelandic people there. Why? But anyways, uh, it's uh, it's living you know far away from the city. Which no, uh, why 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 are there so many Icelandic people there? Uh, they actually they settled at uh, one point. They came over, and then everybody just from Iceland comes to Gimli for some reason. <laughs> well, the first guy was there to say, "Come here, it's, it's cool," and they yeah. all went. Yep, you, you. All right, all right, all right. So word spreads fast, you know, when uh, when everybody's inbred. That's <laughs> <laughs> a small island. All right, so, yeah. um, but you're Nordic, you know, by heritage, yeah. you know, so it's kind of you know. I guess cold yeah, is my, cold. Yeah, my people populated, uh, populated, you know, Iceland back in the day. So, yeah, it's, um, no, but like living on the countryside versus like being in the city. When I go to the city, I just, I, I just can't take it. I have to go there to just buy all my uh, uh, food and stuff. But that's the only reason why I'm there. Or I go into work to then just leave. I, I work like 95% of the time outside of the city and on the countryside. People don't care that much uh, about rules or regulations or, or anything. There's some communities that are totally like crazy, uh, of course. But um, the further you go in the countryside, mostly uh, people are you know self more self-sufficient and they uh, they know how to take care of themselves. So that's that's one reason. You know, I I know though that there's a lot of people in Winnipeg right now in the capital city of our province. 
Uh, and there's rich people. Uh, I've been talking to a friend of mine, you know, who's a multimillionaire. He's he's leaving the country on the 23rd. He's had enough. Uh, he's leaving for good. Uh, and then there's another guy. For good to I wear. Last, uh, he's leaving to the Caribbean somewhere. Nah. He has a, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, he, he doesn't want to tell me, but uh, I'm going to talk some more to him. I just talked to him this morning. Um, but another guy that I talked to that's leaving in, uh, uh, probably by the uh, end of next year because he's actually he's the same as me. He's he's a uh, not a Canadian citizen, but Canadian citizens, if you're unvaccinated, you can't really leave uh, after the 29th of November. Uh, that is like a hard stop. They could push it, but who knows? So a lot of people just don't take the risk. And but he's actually a Serbian um national resident i'm a norwegian uh citizen so we don't have like the we're not tied to canada that way so we can we can have an exit strategy just getting the fuck out of here if uh, okay now i gotta ask a question work. you know yeah. um you know the canadian u.s border is not you know freaking got a berlin wall yet you know so i'm if i just went for a hike and i just wanted to get the hell out of canada what happens when you just show up in the United States and you didn't get your exit permit or something? Did they shoot you? <laughs> I mean, what happens? Well, I, I guess they would uh, just, I, I don't know, to be honest with you. I, I do know, though, I worked actually at the local border station doing security and, and uh, surveillance cameras and everything for them. Uh, and uh, I do know that uh, they, <laughs> at the border, they have uh, not the Canadian side, actually, but the American side has drones uh, and they have helicopter patrols along the borders um, as well. And so I, I, damn I do know the Canadian cycles. terrorists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, uh, was it Trump that was, you know, like those Canadian terrorists that come in from Canada. Right. So uh, I guess that's one of the reasons why it's so stringent there. But. Yeah, you know that it's a big border. Like you're looking at what is it, like six, seven hundred kilometers of border just in Manitoba, almost. Right. Well, no. So, my my real question is, is that if you yeah. are not allowed to leave and you leave, you know the penalty is what? You know they hunt you down like Israelis looking for you know old concentration camp guards or something. I mean, you know what? What is you didn't get permission to leave? Is there a fine, a crime if you come back? You're you're incarcerated. I mean, they say you well, can't actually, leave if you're not if vaccinated, I, and then you leave. Is that a penalty? Is there a crime? Well, you probably get fined pretty heavily, but uh, nobody really cares about paying those bills anyways. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know, to be honest with you. The, I, I know that I will at one point when I'm ready and probably not stay here because Manitoba in itself is – you know, full of government workers. So whatever whatever the government wants uh, basically turns into um, turns into uh, you know that everybody does it. So like look at the vaccine passports. There was zero almost zero resistance to them uh, here in Manitoba. <clears throat> and so we have the as an unvaccinated person, I can't go a whole bunch of places. Not that I care too much. It'd be nice to go to restaurants. But, uh, you know, going to the Reds and Circuses, sports events, I, I couldn't care less, or concerts a lot of times. So uh, you can't go to cinemas, museums, uh, a whole bunch of other things. But, yeah, they're they're just mentally insane here. Uh, and they're just doubling down. Like, they, 
there's no and and it's funny with the media because now you're seeing starting to see everybody that has a vaccine their immunity is beating here so you're starting to see they actually uh are having uh, a lot of times more people with vaccines that are getting sick and and now there's uh, 50% hospitalizations with double vaxxed here and also the ICU is ticking up with people that are double vaccinated so it's just like the fraud is just if you pay attention to and actually look at the numbers you'll see the fraud but if you listen to media they they selectively choose what to report every day from what makes sense to you know pull forward their propaganda well what is the people <laughs> what are the people thinking are they like ah we're there's a vaccine hesitancy or they're like nope nope booster number 47 man sign me up i mean you know how oh oh okay this is a perfect example on uh, the clear independence with ernest hancock telegram group a guy sent this one video that a woman did on her phone she goes oh watch this i'm calling my sister you know okay so she puts up you know you see the phone screen she calls her sister and she goes oh you're just like me she goes what do you mean she goes oh you're not vaxxed unless you're totally vaxxed and you have to get your third booster shot. He goes, you don't get your third booster shot. And after so many months, then you're considered unvaxxed, just like me. So if you don't want to be just like me, I mean, how many of these are you going to do? Well, she's like, well, I got to check on that. You know, so, you know, the woman was having fun punking her sister that, you know, was all about getting the vaccine. Well, now if she doesn't get her third booster then she's classified as unvaxxed so i'm just going whoa is there a limit in the minds of people in canada oh there there's <clears throat> excuse me there's uh there's multiple people that i <clears throat> there's multiple people that i talked to that actually uh is not going to take the third one because they were promised you know that everything would go back to normal when they took two uh, so they're pissed off as hell, some of them, and I think that that is a really good thing. Uh, most of them, though, are business owners and and they can think for themselves. Uh, so so that's you know the government workers just probably would take 10, 15, 20 shots. Who knows what they'll do? Uh, it's a lot of obediency here to what the state has to say. Uh, but yeah, there is even my wife was like. I was, you know, you're going to be unvaccinated soon. I tried to tell her and uh, and then you're going to take the third. So she's extremely hesitant now. Oh, she's uh, already taken one forced. or two? Yeah, she, she was forced by her board to keep her job mm. uh, as the executive director of the organization to, you know, uh, having to take the vaccine. Um, you guys, did you guys see what the FDA wants to... Uh, they want to wait until 2076 in order to release the Pfizer vaccine da- data. 2076? Uh, yeah, it's an article on Zero Hedge right now. And I saw it yesterday as well. Well, it's yeah, like a 50-year moratorium or some crap? Uh, 53-year moratorium. What? <laughs> Donna, you got to put that up. All right, you, you got that link that you can yeah, send to a... Donna, Tim? <laughs> yeah, I can shoot it over. Yeah, do, do that. But, but that just shows you, though, Tim, right? Like, how, how crazy it is like it, they're not releasing nothing <laughs> you know that 50 55 sorry 55 years but you know so it takes them 108 days for them to uh you know diagnose the data and approve it but then now it's taking them twenty thousand days to release the, the data to us is what they're uh, lobbying for a federal what? right now 
and this was always promised to be the most transparent process and that you're going to be fully open and anyone can examine it, you know, 53 years after you've already died. I guess well, look at, look at how they dealt with countries, you know, like Argentina and others, Brazil. Like they were asking them to put up, you know, state-owned properties, the military, you know, vessels, whatever they had as collateral for Pfizer uh, to then actually provide them. And actually Pfizer doesn't allow you to donate even vaccines to others, uh, the countries uh, that want Pfizer vaccines has to buy them. Uh, and that's in like the, the insane, uh, you know, um, the insane contracts that have been leaked now. <laughs> you and, know, and of that course, brings the governments up... are held, you know, to be the uh, sole, uh, you know, uh, entity to take the hit for the, the vaccine injuries and everything. It, it's not Pfizer. You know that, and then and then Borla had the, the audacity to go on the Atlantic Council and call everybody terrorists, and they need to be put in prison if you don't agree with, uh, uh, you know, and, and spread misinformation. I I I'm uh, uh, get out of the cities, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, let them burn. You know, this is. Oh, that's one thing. We got to get into economics because, you know, we got to get into economics. Yeah. But have you guys been paying any attention to this Kyle Rittenhouse thing? Uh, somewhat, not too much. Donna, man, she yeah, she, she yeah, got all court TV'd up, man. She's been watching it and the closing and opening argument, all that kind of crap. And I watched the, some of the prosecution and the closing arguments. And this is not going to go well either way because that prosecutor, they're just – they need a mistrial just so they can. So I, I was not impressed, and I don't know what's going to happen. What's your opinion, Tim? I was surprised at how fair the the judge was that it wasn't like a complete kangaroo court. Because uh, I feel like these days you've just been accustomed to seeing you know the tyranny. Because people think, oh, we're just going to go to the courts to fight this. They don't like understand, or oh, we're going to go vote harder. And you know, and, and I, that's you know, last night I listened to, I was driving home and listened to General Flynn on. Alex, the Alex Jones show, and is he still talking about we need to get more precinct committee men members, and we need to you know vote harder, and we need to? It's just like you know, it's like even at like the General Flynn level, they're still at like we need to vote harder. Whereas at this point, it's like you know we need to get out of the cities like you were talking about and get decentralized and not reliant on them because I think that they're gonna they're going for broke all the way around. But yeah, I mean the Rittenhouse thing. I mean obviously something like that is very divisive where. You know, you get all these people that don't even know what's any of the facts or the details. And they don't know that one of the guys, they, I mean, I think the average person out there who's, you know, watching MSNBC probably thinks the Rittenhouse probably killed like four black guys or something when meanwhile it was all white guys and one guy was, you know, a big time pedophile and another guy. I mean, these are all not upstanding citizens. I mean, they're trying to, you know, burn down gas stations and such. So, yeah. uh, I mean, it really just sort of exposes <laughs> the emperor wears no clothes. And, you know, I th and, but and I think some people are still thinking like, oh, you know, if Trump was in there, it'd be, you know, so much better. Uh, and they don't like full, but I, I, but I am seeing some people like finally starting to wake up to the left, right paradigm who maybe weren't awake before. Like I go to like a, a random park by my house and have basically like these red pilled conversations with like four or five random people who are there uh, that I don't even know. And it's just, you know, very, uh, and they're all people that actually, actually like three of them escaped New York, like almost the same area where I was from. So that was sort of weird, but you know, I, I feel like there's just this overall like, ethos of zeitgeist that you've nailed it of people who want to move out and are thinking mm -hmm. about, you know, basically what the next step is. And it's, uh, crazy that we're just at this inflection point right now, but you know, I think it's all to get us going back to economics. I think it's all to get us, uh, 
you know, on a central bank digital currency. And it's, you know, first it's going to start off with a FDIC backed stable coin that's going to come out through like JP Morgan or, you know, one of these big mega banks. And then it's going to then move over to the Federal Reserve. And then that's going to get taken up by, you know, the Bank of International Settlements will have a digital currency made up of digital currencies. And they're going to have us completely by the ball. It's not necessarily us, but, you know, and your listeners, but, you know, 90 90- <clears throat> Five percent of the humanity out there is probably going to, you know, succumb to one of these central bank digital currencies. And they well, they've been talking about SDRs, special drawing rights of a basket of currencies that are doing the blah blah blah, and then they're going digital currencies. And I'm going, oh, I see what they're going to do. They're going to do digital currencies and a basket of digital currencies. Now, this is what's going to happen. Well, <clears throat> I. So I, I wrote an article back in 2014 called The Rise of the Bitcoin Empire. And I saw Bitcoin more as a competitor to the SDR, as a global settlement system. Um, you know, and I, I, I was at that time contemplating, you know, how uh, big countries and everybody would adopt it. Um, and it, it seems like that is more the trajectory of Bitcoin itself you know, turning into almost like an SDR uh, for international settlement in between uh, gigantic organizations. Now, there's still, you know, people that are semi-libertarian that have Bitcoin and so on. Uh, but more and more, like, it's centralizing and you're hearing all these countries getting involved, you know, legal tender. I think Zimbabwe is uh, looking at doing legal tender Bitcoin. Uh, and um, <clears throat> there, there's a whole bunch of them, you know, that are getting involved. And I think what is happening is uh, bad, you know, good assets always soak up uh, bad assets uh, or bad money. So, like, people are levitating towards Bitcoin, I, I think, is happening. And um, uh, there, there's a lot of uh, big organizations, you know, you see constantly big banks and everybody's getting involved. And then, of course, they're talking about their ETFs, you know, that they're trying to create to then completely control the price of Bitcoin. Right. I mean, it just turns Bitcoin into paper like they did gold and silver. It's the same thing. Yeah. And it's it's the dumbest way possible to possibly create an ETF. So, I mean, instead of just actually owning Bitcoin and creating ETF off of that, they're buying futures contracts and derivatives of Bitcoin to then represent this Bitcoin ETF because Gary Gensler was the former head of the CFTC. And he was actually the head of the CFTC back when John Corzine stole the money from, you know, Jared Salente and you know, a lot of other people at yeah. MF Global. And he was, and Corzine used to be Gensler's boss. And now Gensler's like being lauded as like this, you know, crypto genius friend of the crypto community when really, you know, probably more of like a wolf's in sheep clothing. But ultimately, you know, they're not going to come out and say, oh, hey, here's a one world currency because, I mean, the, the best, you know, world citizen is a you know the world citizen that doesn't know that they're a world citizen create (laughs) the digital currencies and each just like in in the the eu the you know back you know when they had you know different club of rome meetings and bilderberg meetings back in the 50s to establish the eu uh and and the currency block i mean they didn't sell this as you know we're going to basically create like the united states of europe they sold to the people as you know we're going to make trade a little bit easier but then you bind people economically and you basically bind them politically. Yeah, they, it, it was a trade and, and travel union, basically, that they promoted it as. And, and Schengen is great. Like, when you're in Europe, I have my Norwegian passport. I'm, I'm still, Norway is still not a European uh, Union member, but they, they're part of the EUS, which is basically being a European member. And we actually pay more than 
people that are members of the what's European the, what's the e, EUS? What's the what's the S? Uh, well, it's, uh, I, I forgot what the English name of it is, but it's it's basically like a, a uh, like Iceland, uh, Switzerland, Norway. Uh, and I don't know who else. I think there's one or two more countries, but they're basically on the outside, and they created like a small trade block. Then that's uh, part of you know has an agreement with the European Union for trade and and for travel and so on. That's what that's what that is for for the non eurozone members basically. So, so a eurozone member has extra things like. Um... You can travel and work in any one of them. You can do yeah, it. but that, that's like... also what the EUS has. Like, really? like... They can, can they can they can they vote? I mean, no. yeah. Norway Nor is a part of Schengen. Norway is a part of the Schengen Agreement as well, not being a part of the European Union. Well, so... if they're part of the European Union, does Norway have representatives in the? Um, no, European Norway is not Parliament a part of the European something. Union, but they're a part of the 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 trade and the travel agreement. Now what? Uh, without being a member, yeah. All right, like but they are like a, they like are a junior, member. like a junior member, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they pay more than countries like Germany uh, to be a member. So, <laughs> John was John was sharing uh, some stats the other day. Where what was it? The uh, like the bank deposit or the amount held in commercial banks uh, from you know basically people and nonprofits was about like three times higher today than it was like two years ago. Just oh like yeah, yeah, that that is insane. You know, the, the I found it out from George Gammon actually. He was the one mentioning it, and and then uh, I looked it up on on the Fred on the Federal Reserve research in St. Louis, uh, and uh, sure enough, their their status and it's like three times higher. The the actual deposits for uh, both corporations and um, and and people, and doesn't that kind of like feel like a similarity to what kind of happened in the Weimar Republic where, you know, during hard times, you know, people stored up a whole bunch of money and you got to remember, like they got a whole bunch of programs to help them afloat and then they didn't pay their mortgages or loans. Uh, and so they had a lot of extra capital that they could save. <clears throat> and so that is now stored up energy. What happens when that chooses to start being spent into the economy? That is my big question because could we have like a massive inflationary shock? Like I'm not, not even talking about the six percent, six point twenty. I think it is right now the official number. Um, it, it, it's like a we're talking about a shock that could be like 40 percent, and that could be a shock that then causes the distrust in the currency, and that could be the start of <clears throat> a massive spending spree that then could cause. Like you get velocity going on money. Yeah, it's called the if crack you wanna, of the money. If you want to <laughs> buy a home, if you want to buy a home, it's already at thirty percent inflation. Yeah. I mean, compared to what it was last oh. year, it's crazy. Oh, it's ridiculous. Like, what do you Canada, think that's going to hold? Do you think land, real estate, and housing prices is going to hold, or just BlackRock's going to, you know, keep well, buying like everything until they holds. got everything? The the reason why it holds is because the the Fed has bought what is it, Tim, three point something trillion. Or mortgage-backed securities that are backing all these uh, mortgages. Well, there's the also bank, the demographic so. issues of you know what if all of a sudden you know you get you know tens of millions of people dying who are jabbed, then you know then who's going to be able to rent those homes? I mean, uh, so it's so, that, so that, that's a big just... issue, and then also the currency is a big issue because you could have it going up yeah. in in you know nominal terms, but then you know maybe it doesn't go up as much as inflation. I mean, uh, like currently it's been going up more than inflation because obviously that's rigged and. 
I wrote a book on how they rig inflation numbers over five years ago. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's probably the real inflation rate is probably already over 10%. Yeah, well, you know, that's one thing I wanted to get is um, your guys' opinion on um, this should be impacting silver and gold, and it's not. Not as much. I mean, of course, it goes up. Oh, see, it took a big run, blah, blah, blah. But I'm talking stupid runs. You know, when's that yeah, going to happen? Why hasn't it happened? How are they keeping it from happening? See, the the stupid runs of, uh, of gold and silver going up, you know, stratospherically would be at the point if, if somebody decides to like, oh, shit, we got to back our currency with something, you know, to uh, then prevent this like massive loss of faith in the in the value to happen. And that is when, you know, when somebody chooses to go in the gold standard, um, you know, are we going to back M1 uh, with 100%, with 50%, with 10% gold? Uh, and how much gold do you have? So you just take, like, what is M1? You divide it by the gold, and then you get the physical gold. Now, the net country gets invaded. That, yeah. And then that's how that's how you could get it like that's how the price usually skyrockets like it goes up slowly and then it hockey sticks into a reset no but they're um, not gonna let see they've been suppressing that for a long time i'll give you an example when um uh Gaddafi decides he's going to go go back to nar for africa and we're not going to be part of it, and you're invaded okay you have saddam going yeah we're going to be able to take other than the petrodollar, we'll take gold and whatever for the oil, and you're invaded. You know, Iran goes, we're opening our own oil bourse, you know, trading platform we'll do, and India gives them a couple hundred million dollars in gold for oil, but kind of, you know, and you're threatening getting ready to be invaded. So, you know, this is, you know, um, you, you look back at who really runs the planet. Well, it's the banks and financial interest of we got aircraft carriers. But then you have, you know, competition from other entities like Russia and China. And I'm wondering how separate they really are from the system. Or are they just negotiating for a leatherback chair at the mahogany table of we rule the world? You know, I, I just I don't really see what's and, and I don't really care anymore. I'm just like, it's so not us that I'm just like, hey, man, where do I got to go? You know, I just get, can I be left alone anywhere and you all let me know how, you know, when the smoke clears on the horizon, maybe I'll come out and play. You know, I'm just wondering where are the decisions being made by whom for what? And I'm not even sure they know, you know, they think they're in charge. But when you start doing this special drawing rights on a basket of currencies and then all of a sudden those currencies go to digital, then what? I got I want to tell you this story real quick and get your comment. Because this is where I wanted to make sure I brought this up. Then they have a cyber pandemic that's going to make <laughs> previous <laughs> pandemic seem like a minor inconvenience. That's what <laughs> yeah, uh, San, no, I mean, Santa Claus Schwab. I think that will be the catalyst do. for silver. I think that's when silver will go up is when they have. The only reason I think they have silver or gold is when they try to launch the cyber pandemic or they have you know everything break down and then maybe you can't access your crypto. I mean, and so absent that, I mean, I think. A lot of the money that would be going into silver and gold is going into crypto, but I think it makes sense to have silver because I think they're going to, you know, mess with the, the power grid at some point. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, been stacking. So, matter of fact, I want to talk about that. I stopped just before we came here to Boca Chica, Boca Chica, Boca Chica. We went to uh, Pensacola and stopped at um, uh, Robertson Roberts. You know, Tim Fry, the owner there, that you know at the top left of Freedom's Phoenix, that little ticker that we have there is Robertson Roberts. So we've been using them as our, you know, dealer for like ever. And a lot of my family and friends use them. They're all happy and they, he, he takes care of them. But he only does 
uh, by appointment now. And he has a nice facility, but he's like, nope, we separate appointments. You come in one at a time, you know, and we got security and whatever, and we're dealing with, you know, the big numbers of whatever. Well, a lot of the people in Pensacola are retired military. And this is what he was saying. He's going, the retired military there, eh, they're starting to get antsy. They're taking now all their retirement and taking whatever hit or something, and we'll put it in silver. So this is not unknown to a lot of even the government workers there, certainly when they're out. And um, so he's been, he goes, I've been busy. He almost closed a few years ago. He said, yeah, I'm going to go to the least end of the year, and then I'm done, you know. And then, boom, now he'd be a busy and a booming. Well, um, then we going out to eat and so on, hanging out, and what does he do? He pulls out this Bitcoin credit card thing, all right? So what it is, it's just a plain black card. It's got some logo on it, The whoever the hell it was that did it. And it has, you know, a chip in it and the barcode on the, I mean, the uh, stripe on the back. And, um, and it doesn't say anything about Bitcoin on it, but this is how it works. It's a prepaid Visa card, so it's a Visa, and you can use it anywhere you can use Visa. But you're prepaying, as long as you keep a $1,000 balance in it, you get to have a daily free spend, and I'll explain the spend thing. When you use it, the 3% that they usually charge the merchant, you get a percent of that back. Now, it's a $150 a year fee to have this. And in a month, he's already got that back, like 70 bucks of it back. Just by using it, you get your 1%, plus you get free spins, okay? So it's interactive with your smartphone. It's an account, and it shows that you made a purchase. Woo, you get a free spin. And it's like a roulette wheel. You punch the thing on your phone, and it goes around. Ding! You get another free spin. You got so many Satoshis. You get... and it. Deals in Satoshi. Ooh, we got 1,500 Satoshis, which is, I don't know, a nickel or something. I mean, whatever. So as you do that, they gamified consumerism, and they used Bitcoin to do it. You get rewarded in Satoshis. Your 1% comes back as Satoshis. So by using, certainly if you have a corporate card or you're doing this as an expense account or something, this is how people are getting Bitcoin. Just by spending their regular, you know, paying their bills or whatever, you're getting a percent back and your little free spin thing in Bitcoin. So he's digging that and it works well and it's good. But I can see what was happening. They're gamifying it. This is, you know, they're gaming it for you to consume or spend or use this. And you, ooh, I get. And then sometimes you get. A Bitcoin. Oh, that's on there. Oh, I got a big, a whole Bitcoin. Well, you'll tell your neighbors, you know, and you'll get the card. So I can see it being gamed, and I'm going, okay, this is how they're going. I mean, it's not like it's a bad idea, but I am of the opinion that Bitcoin was always going to be GoldmanSucks.gov coin. You know, this is, and they have, when I start looking at BlackRock, and they're starting to get into crypto and all this other stuff, I'm going, yeah. How hard is it for BlackRock to be a big, giant influence in of, oh, my God, we have all these minds and we determine the direction and development of? So this is the telltale for me. They keep calling them shit coins, any altcoin. Kind of, they are going to start using the word counterfeit. When Bitcoin or whatever they name it, when it becomes legal tender, any other crypto is going to be counterfeit. And when they start trying to monopolize a single crypto and anybody else doing anything, because what was Bitcoin? Only for drug dealers and, and uh, you know, whatever the hell, pirates of something. You know, that's the only people that use Bitcoin. Well, now it's being used for everything. 
well, who are the ones that use other cryptos? They're going to try and paint them with the same brush. And I can see the beginning of the end is going to be when Bitcoin or whatever digital currency that they're going to be using internationally, anything else, and they're going to try and say Bitcoin is being the one, any other altcoin is going to be a counterfeit. What's your thought on that? Yeah, I mean, the SEC has pretty much already signaled that they don't view Bitcoin as a security, which then sets, then they've also come out and said that basically everything else is a security, you know, maybe aside from Ethereum. And so I, I you know, sort of, you know, pumping up Ethereum to be the new Web 3.0, probably because, yeah. you know, they're able to, you know, do things like the DAO back in the day where, you know, they're able to reverse different transactions. And I think you were the first person to tell me that. And that was probably one of the reasons why, you know, that they and those bankers, you know, really like Ethereum and why they're pushing that right now. And then they also, you know, can have like this layer two solution and I'll use, you know, solution in air quotes uh, where they're going to get people, you know, owning Bitcoin through PayPal or owning it through, you know, their lightning channel that's going to be run through like an well, I see a lot of DAO development, you know, kind of thing. You know, uh, um, God, what do you call them? Um, um, Decentralized autonomous organizations. Right. That? You know, yeah. the, the, the DAO, that's what I'm looking for. You know, the DAO is going to be a layer on Bitcoin. I can see that they're starting to try and compete with Ethereum because they can't abandon all these others because Bitcoin doesn't have a lot of the features that have ingrained in the economy and in the crypto space. And they're just saying, oh, those are counterfeit. You can't do that. Well, they lose a bunch of features that they want. So they got to develop that on Bitcoin first. You get somebody like BlackRock and friends coming in. They'd be a developing, you know. So this is... Money and people, this has been the wet dream of the globalists forever, is to be able to get into every single one of your purchases, be able to turn it off, control it, surveil it. This is it. And now, you know, you know we'll talk about, you know, some other, you know, stuff with this uh, digital surveillance with your health care card of vaccine, whatever the well, hell, you know, but it's gamifying. It's gamifying totalitarianism. That's what social credit scores are, right? I, they want to gamify <laughs> you into compliance with something. What do you think yeah. it is, guys? What, what are we? What are we being corralled into? The oh, we're, we're being <laughs> the metaverse. <laughs> no, we're being corralled into uh, any totalitarian solution that they could come up with, and there is uh, there is no uh, thing out there other than like if you look at throughout history like it always centralizes everything and then it collapses and then it you know goes to nothing and and uh, we can have our little you know nice anarcho-capitalist society and then it goes into governments you know big civilizations again and and then it collapses again it does this like every single damn time like that's why you see like the centralization of the cities are failing you know this big dream of smart cities and, and and all this stuff is is just collapsing down on them because these guys are technocrats that are you know in charge and they want just full control and they're trying to find these solutions that are out there that they could uh, either adopt that was created by someone or they create them themselves so that's where we're heading is we're heading towards like if if Amarova in the united states gets her way it's it's not even going to be a bank crypto like jp morgan's gonna have nothing to say with it and the state is gonna actually run it uh, themselves through the federal reserve but now the federal reserve is owned by all the banks so i guess that 
<laughs> yeah, you know, when you say John you going down that road, you're saying, oh, well, the government's just yeah. running through the federal I'm going, when the hell has the government ever done anything? You know, on that they're yeah. just approving it. They're just sanctioning us being, you know, and then what happens? I find out, you know, and of course we knew this from before, the Federal Reserve uses BlackRock to manage all their crap, you know, to do and start giving them some yeah. special treatment of how they, I yeah. mean, this is, this has gone so far off the rails that the only solution is to abandon it, to get away from it, let it fall. Cause like what you say, John, the centralization of this stuff is it's downfall. That's what happens every time. Well, it's centralizing at warp speed right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. have to get away. You know, what do you guys, what's your plan? I mean, you know, you guys going to, in Canada, you're going to sit there in the <laughs> belly of the beast and wait? I mean, what what's going on, man? Well, well talking about centralization, um, I was talking to a guy yesterday, which uh, he would be the equivalent to a fund manager at J.P. Morgan in the United States, where he, he sits on one of the bigger funds uh, that, uh, that uh, Royal Bank of Canada has. And what he told me is that you know, they, they try, uh, he actually has, in his fund, he's the only fund investing in Canada that holds gold. And he actually holds 20% of the whole fund in gold uh, itself. But we you're, trying had to, like, guy, you're trying to keep this guy anonymous. You're just like narrowing down exactly yeah, yeah, who it is. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, the guest, front guest door. who gave, he has glasses, he wears a hat. <laughs> <laughs> No, but except anyways, now, I know I bought you know actually I bought the the new Guess Who for my daughter and basically like half the board is like minority women so it's like if you, okay, it used to be back in the day there wasn't like a single black person on it and now it's like half the board is basically yeah. black women on uh, Guess Who but sorry but anyways, I didn't mean to interrupt you yeah no worries uh, anyways what he was saying is that uh, he predicts that the ETFs could collapse completely uh, like these ETFs like uh, when we talk about I think it's Black inevitable Rock and Vanguard owning everything. Uh, he said that, you know, because of the ownership and the problem with liquidity when that happens, who's going to buy them kind of thing. He said that uh, it could drop 70 to 90 percent in an instant, uh, like very fast. Yeah. Uh, when you get a massive liquidity crisis, he actually told me that, you know, the whole Canadian banking system was going bankrupt. He couldn't sell bonds uh, at one point during the March uh, crashdown. And so. Uh, they know that what is happening and funny enough talking about BlackRock BlackRock is following him trying to you know get his uh, like because he has physically allocated uh, gold and silver in vaults for people so it's not an ETF but BlackRock has been contacting him VPs at BlackRock is trying to sell him <laughs> gold and silver ETFs and he's just laughing you know at them it's like you guys are like that no <laughs> and um but but he has been aware of these things. And, and what was another interesting thing, too, because talking about the biggest thing is the pensions. And the pensions are holding ETFs and bonds, right? Mm -hmm. Another thing with bonds that just happened recently is that when you go and look into the prospectus of the bonds, like, and this is the case in the United States and Canada and uh, most G20 countries now, is that you have something called bail-inable bonds, there's older bonds. Okay, wait, 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 wait. What'd you say? Yeah. Bail-inable bonds? Yeah, so basically they're part. When something fails, these bonds can be bailed in. So they can uh, take and, your and money. bail-in is, yeah, they take your, the bank recapitalizes, take take a whole, a huge portion of your money. So those are, 
and the older bonds, they're not in that, like in the prospectus, they're not bail-inable, so you can't touch the old bonds. But they are slowly, as you said, they're slowly re- getting recycled out of the system. So now all these bonds um, that are, you know, out there, they're also bail-inable. Okay, so wait, like wait, 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 wait. I want to I spend time on this, okay? Sure. Because this is the same kind of thing that happened, you know, with rehypothecation of, uh, what was it, Morgan or MF Global or whatever did the, Gerald Salente made a big deal out of this. Because he went in to take um, delivery on futures contracts, you know, for gold. He goes, I got a good deal. I'm going to put it in there. And then all of a sudden they used it as uh, collateral, your your deposits or your contract, your money that you gave them to take delivery on future gold or something, they invested in Greek bonds or something waiting on the ECB to, you know, you know, to bail them out. Well, they didn't in time and the contract came due, whatever. All of a sudden his collateral that they used was spent. It's gone and it's gone. Okay. So wait, 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 I bought a contract for future gold. Give me my gold. And they go, yeah, but there's a little bitty line in there that says rehypothecation, which means that they can use his deposits as collateral for them betting in speculation and doing whatever. And when they lose it, it's gone. So yeah. what you're saying is that the bonds that you usually have, and I have bonds, my bond, I got the bond, is that Any they're, type not, of bonds, yeah. they're not Corporate. selling those anymore. They're got one with a little bitty bit of text at the bottom of it that says this bond is a bail-inable, which means we get to take some out and it's ours and a haircut, 10% or some BS like that. But yeah. what is the incentive that they're offering for people to do that? Because at some point, somebody's got to know. Well, there's, no, there's, there's zero incentive. Like, so it's not a better rate or anything? That's just the way it is now. Yeah, and the bonds are like just crap now. Like, who wants to put any money in bonds? That's why, you know, the Norwegian oil fund has 75% can, of all of can its assets. Can you give assets. me the ability to ship? Can you give me the ability to share a screen? Because I can I can show you the Federal Reserve's own website from 2014 where they're talking about this. Where All right, got the let vice me chair. hold on. Um, yeah, how do I do that? I uh, you could go to participants and you can yeah, make me a co-host, or you could put in way make uh, speaking uh, stop make host boom. Okay. All right, go. Second here. All right, so this is from the Federal Reserve's own website, federalreserve.gov. I was able to find this again, making it harder and harder and harder to find. Yeah, see, 2014 was the date he gave me too. Yeah, August yep. 11, 2014. I just I actually happened to find this article back in the day. I was on the Federal Reserve's website. But this is the vice chairman of the of the Federal Reserve, Stanley Fisher, former Bank of Israel, uh, you know, chairman, Israeli citizen. I mean, not not against the Jews, but it's like, why do you have? Uh, someone that's not even an American citizen, uh, you know, being second in command at the Fed. But, you know, we scroll down here in the article and you see where he says, as part of this approach, the United States is preparing a proposal to require systemically important banks to issue bail inable long term debt that will enable insolvent banks to recapitalize themselves in resolution without calling on government funding. This cushion is known as a gone concern buffer. So basically, they're talking about giving haircuts to people that own oh the bonds. Oh, my God. The, okay, now, this roll, is on their own, this is on their own fucking website. That is. Hold on a yeah. second. Yeah. Donna's going to put that up because I think this is important. Scroll that up and tell yeah. me which paragraph that is. Uh, I mean, if you hit, like, Control-F and just hit, type in the word bail-in, like, it's, like that's probably Does it easiest. say bail-in? Yeah, use the word bail-in. All right, bail-in. Yeah. Go ahead, Donna. Put that in there. 
and um, hit an affirmative well, and, attacks. Bail and again, this guy's, and then take, I, I spoke uh, to that the paragraph and put it at the top yeah. in bold. And this yeah, isn't so, some like this isn't some no name limp dick. This is like the guy that was in charge of the Bank of Israel, Central Bank of Israel, and yeah. was then second in command behind. Uh, was it Osama Ben Bernanke or was it uh, Janet Yellen at that point? I forgot which which one of these clowns it was They're in 2014. Same, but but anyway, so like what is happening here is that this legislation, do you know who it came from? It came from the Financial Stability Board. You know, from, the 20 central bankers that controls all the central banks in the world? Those hey, wait, guys. Wait, 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 wait. The Stability Board is not any particular country. It's the world. Yeah, it's, it was funded, it was seed funded by $5 million from the Bank of International Settlements to uh, do basically like create, uh, you know, all the legislation. Like they created the uh, the uh, the bail-in legislation itself. Uh, that was the, uh, the Financial Stability Board. They created legislation on Bitcoin, uh, like how to look at it. They created TLAC, which is total loss of source and control for all the banks if they fail. Uh, they created the GSIB list, which is global systemically important banks. So that's what he's talking about in there. Is to fail. All these okay. Now, the, the yeah. second to last thing that you said, you know, they they created uh, one of them I wanted to talk about. What was the second to last one you said? Sorry, the GSIB, sir? No, you said something like um, the asset reallocation failed. Oh, totally. Total loss absorption control, TLAC, Total they call it. loss absorption absorption control. Man, yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't make the hair stand up. Okay. So it's, it's basically when a bank fails. But you yeah, know, but you they, know you what's They're really going to decide right how it's allocated, who gets it, what's, you know, it's, and it's all yeah. gone. Thanks for playing. It's yeah. ours now. Well, and, and guess who actually quit the Federal Reserve right now? It was in the news. Like it was Randall Qualls. Uh, well, guess where he is? He's the head. He's the current head of the Financial Stability Board. <laughs> so, did he quit to go to that, or did he retain that position? No, or? he was he was on that. It's the same as Mark Carney. That is now at, he was Mark Carney was at COP twenty six. He was the former uh, head of the Financial Stability Board. Before that, it was Mario Draghi, by the way, uh, that was the head. Okay, so I'm these- going to make a statement just off. From experience yeah. here, and you tell me how far off I am, all right? <laughs> Certainly, since forever, but since the collapse in 8 and 9, and they're doing all that whatever, and they decide, and they, they look at the tea leaves, and they see where things went, and how, and how, how do we prevent another Lehman Brothers, or how do we make another Lehman Brothers? How do we do, stop, divert, we get, whatever? Because we went through this with the savings and loan crap in the late 80s early 90s they created a resolution trust corporation that was you know take all these toxic assets and put them together and then sell them for you know fractions of cents on the dollar to all these big guys that had the financing of them to begin with so they you wouldn't sell all these properties acre at a time or small homes or something individuals that would bid you make more money no it wasn't about recovering the money it was about making these assets available in big hundred million dollar lots so that the the man got it okay or the banks or something so what it looks like to me when you just rattled off these things that have been created since the last crash you know you know over a decade ago you know, that they are setting us up for the crash. That this is, well, actually, they're, they're all sitting ready for it to happen. Woohoo! Guess who owns everything now? 
So this is being set up for the ETFs to go, the bonds to go, the municipal you know, uh, debt to go. Everything's going to well, go. Yeah, we, we only need to look to Japan to see how what the game plan is. Like right, Japan had to buy 86% uh, of all the ETFs because they all collapsed, right? So that that's oh what is common here. Uh, and uh, like my buddy there that I talked to, he, he also was talking about, you know, what happened uh, in March 2020. He couldn't sell bonds. Nobody would take them, okay? So basically what that meant is that the banks were insolvent, and in Canada and everywhere else, everybody had to jump in and do a repurchase operation. The bank had to, the central banks had to basically come in and back up the whole monetary system or else it would have collapsed. So yeah, isn't it actually, the same thing that happened in 08? Isn't it the same collapse. thing? So, yeah, it's, it's the same exact thing, just on steroids. Okay, no, no, right? no. Now, what they did last time is they, you know, they leave the banks to do their overnight lending to each other and so on, and layman's like, we're not we're not buying your bond. We're not buying your your debt. We're not giving you the money. We're not whatever the hell it was. And that caused the cascade. Once it went, boom, there it goes. And your brains or your signature is going to be on this document of you have to. And, guide, and the banks decides know. who goes or not. Like the big banks, they would be like, well, let's just let Lehman go. You know, it's a crappy bank. And let's just divvy up the assets. Okay, so right? now like the, that's going to happen again. You're seeing that this is... Well, no, but it has happened already. It uh, happened in, in March 2020. But like, they nobody's said, talking about this, right? No, but like, no, we, what we they did is different COVID. to keep it from hitting the press and everybody freaking out. What they did yeah. is they um, created a backup for them to where the central banks can just print the money. They go, eh, yeah. no, no, it's not a problem. We got it right here. We just, you know, pushed a button on a keyboard. So they've been setting this up so that they could do that, right? Yeah. And well, they did. Look, oh, yeah. look, look, look what's on the screen yeah, right now. Did. So I, I just went to the FSB.org website, so the Financial Stability Board. I never go to this website. What's on it right now? Right now. <laughs> FSB publishes progress report on the regulations, supervision, and oversight of, in quotes, Global stablecoin arrangements. Oh my god! All right. On their fucking website right now. On their website right now. And then click that. Click that oh story my. right there. Wait, and, then, wait, 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 and the very next one is FSB roadmap for addressing climate-related financial no. risk. So it's like everything all in the, and I, I never. Well, heard this is right who's, now. Who's the, the head guy? Who's the guy that represented the financial sector at COP26? Was Mark Carty, the former head of the FSB, former head of Bank of Canada and Bank of England? Oh okay, my. So yeah. okay, real quick. Wait, 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 wait. Tim, <laughs> highlight both of those stories. Send it to Donna right now, will you please? Okay. Yeah. Okay, Donna, both of these stories need to go up on the front page and put them into the archive, will you please? And actually, you know, they, they actually invite you. The FSB has been inviting me to different, uh, they have open forums, actually, where they talk about this stuff. Like, you could just watch a YouTube stream. If you go to the Financial Stability Board on YouTube, you'll actually find, uh, like, Laura, and, and who's the who's the people at the FSB? It's Lauren Summers and all the other criminals, right, that are hanging out there. Okay, I want to do even, a even Lord, And even Lauren Summers was even coming out and saying like how dumb the Federal yeah. Reserve is and how reckless they are. And like, and you got like okay, well, Tim, I, I want to do, I like, wanna do let's, something. Let's just like do a global thing. Like, you got to remember, just recently, the what's called the Exchange Stabilization Fund in the U.S. just received seventy-five billion dollars worth of um, of special drawing rights because they allocated oh. six hundred fifty billion new to actually. 
then keep a, a buffer zone, right, for, for the financial system. That was uh, basically, and, and also, what is his name? James Rickards have been talking about this, you know, how uh, the IMF could come in and backstop everything with, you know, just buying up all the assets of the central banks. Okay, 10% <laughs> of the world economy is uh, BlackRock, okay? You know, there's like, what was it, 95 trillion or something like that, and they have like, you know, nine point whatever trillion. So when this goes, it's all going to go, and they're not going to, it's going to be a tsunami that they're not going to be able to cover. I don't give a shit what they do. You know, this is going to be, because I remember when they were creating these uh, different funds. Oh, we're going to put, you know, 600 billion here. We do a trillion there. Oh, we'll just throw $2 trillion at it. You know, we'll do a stimulus or whatever. And I'm going, that, that's, that's nothing. You know, that it's, it, you know, boom, and it's done. It's gone. And it's gone. All right. So, Tim, go ahead and do your screen share again. I want to, I want to do this. Okay. Go ahead and uh, pull the screen share of that uh, document. You know, the, um, okay, now pull, here, let me pull, yeah, there you go. All right, FSB publishes progress report on supervision oversight of global stablecoin arrangements. Okay, the next one, you know, about, what's the, the other one? The one that the was after that. Fund. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, addressing climate-related financial risk. No, there was a... Yeah, go back to the headlines up there. Okay, uh, leaders ahead of the room. Some, no, next. Go back one. Yeah, okay, back again. Yeah, it's just, it's just, the, let's see here. Hey, okay, no, 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 the one after, yeah, no, the, yeah, two. Go one, two, yeah. When they, you know, the financial risk. Now, of course, they say, global related because blackrock has been going on about uh what do they call it um uh global environmental something they got some policy or whatever and that's well, it's, just, the ES, it's the esg goals right like yeah, that ESG. that is a part of yeah it's a part of our common future that grawl and brooklyn wrote and that has become agenda 21 agenda 2030 now it's esgs and that esgs has trickled into the, the finance industry and are allocating now force force allocating you know uh, money into okay, go into that one. you know markets. Okay, this is what I want to do: an experiment. It's the fifth paragraph. It's always like number five, three to six paragraphs. So go down a little bit and just I mean random, just pick it and uh, you know what's that? Okay, you uh, can actually like, there's, okay, there's read that paragraph, a Tim. In there that you could click on too. Like there's a PDF attached to usually these things. So okay, well just read that yeah. fifth paragraph right there. Okay, what's the PDF about? All right, let's see. let's go. No, that's else. the whole report. Like they have a massive report, probably like 20, okay. 30 pages, right? Oh, All right. okay. All right. So that was just this is. I guess this is just a summary. So yeah. Just... Yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Go back up. Motivation, motivation, motivation. I love motivation. An objective for the roadmap. All right. Yeah, motivation and objective for yeah, the roadmap. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. okay, read the first paragraph, Tim. Go. There's a growing focus on potential risks to financial stability from climate change, a manifestation of physical risks as well as disorderly transition to a low-carbon economy could have destabilizing effects on the financial system, including through a rise in risk premia and falling asset prices in the relatively short term. Climate-related risk may be amplified by the financial system across borders and sectors. And okay, so then uh, they want to be able to mitigate or they get their cut or, you know, something. 
All right. Now, right there above two, where it says areas of focus, the FSB roadmap. Read that paragraph. The roadmap focuses no, on no, no, what above to assess. That. The FSB roadmap sets out for G20 endorsement. The roadmap is a comprehensive and coordinated plan for addressing climate-related financial risk, including steps and in indicative uh, timeframes needed to do so, and paves the way for implementation. It will be delivered to the G20 finance ministers and central bank governors meeting in July 2021. See, so this is preparation for what they already know is coming. You can see it. You know, they talk about their motivate, what they're going to do. Goal. Woo! The yeah. goal. Go ahead and read the goal, Tim. Go. <laughs> the goal of the international initiatives in the area of financial disclosures is globally consistent, comparable, and decision-useful public disclosures by firms of their climate-related financial risk. To further this overall goal, establishing international standards is important. And I love how the people that are like the international standards people are like Rockefeller Foundations and meanwhile well, Rockefeller's and, and got their money they from their oil. The FSB, the FSB team has their global uh, standard setting bodies. They call it the SSBs. And that is like the International Securities and Trades Commission, Bank of International Settlements, Bank Supervisory Committee. Uh, you got the accounting, the World Accounting Association or something. Uh, and then you have the World Insurance Association. So yeah, they, they got their and international. And like, who started like all these like climate change hustles to begin with? Is like you know, like Ken that's Lay just an excuse. Enron. Sustainable development yeah. means they get to control what you do with your property. That's what's yeah, going yeah. on. And even yeah, at the country level, establishing international standards is important, including accommodating interoperability between a global baseline of international standards and national and regional jurisdiction specific requirements oh corporate disclosures on their climate related financial risks form the basis for the pricing and management of such risks both internally and individual companies making disclosures blah 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 blah. international consistency in supervisory and regulatory disclosure requirements is important for oversight of cross-border risk by financial authorities so okay i, mean, I this is it you know i yeah they so are, there you see yeah like i iosoc that's the international i think securities uh, that i just talked about okay, so they're so, using that to then put in like when you trade stocks like there's going to be an international you know standard grid that you have to go through and make sure that you don't put your money into something that's dangerous uh that could hurt uh you know the environment okay this is what i you know the question i have what is the best strategy just as not because you know, everybody looks at, well, you got to have a return on your investment of the pension fund that has to be six point whatever percent return or you're going to die or, you know, it's going to go insolvent and the governments haven't fully funded it. I mean, I hear all this stuff and what they're looking for, whatever, who, whoever they got to go down on and, you know, whatever they got to do and BlackRock, whatever for them to be able to get their 6 7 8% return on whatever, oh, my God, in inflation being double digits and all this other. I mean, it's just, it's done, okay? But as they're doing this and they're saying, all right, to get this return, we're going to have to do this, but things are going to go. They need an excuse. They need a mechanism by which they can control where the money goes and why and for what and penalties of and who gets something. Sustainable development, all right? Globalized risk management. Global this, global that, global, global, global. What is the solution to insulate yourself from the freaking worldwide, oh, my God, global crash of they, them, those are going to be 
and everybody's in, and it's all ours now, okay? Because it's going to come down to physical assets. It's going to be real estate. It's going to be mining companies, logging, farms, land, you know, uh, commodities and so on. Because anything that you talk about, oh, we're going to own all the whatever. Well, whatever that whatever is, it's either mined or it's grown. That is it. And they're going to get physical, productive assets. It's going to be, you know, uh, uh, fashioning of raw materials, maybe factories or companies or something like that. This is a reallocation to them. You can see well, it happening. And you know what? Like, they destroyed the share prices of most uh, of the commodity sector right now. Like, I, I've been loading up, actually, on some stocks there in the commodity sector because I know uh, that they destroy the prices so they could load up and control it. Like why all the peasants have been selling, you know, they uh, they just go in and load up on uh, on stocks to take more control over these companies. And now they're talking uh, about like issuing vaccines within within like food and within lettuce and with you know Bill Gates yeah. owning all the all the food supplies. So like even if you can't afford it, uh, you know, you're going to start growing your own food because they're going to try to like sneak in vaccines through the food supply, which you know sounds crazy. But yeah, they they also have a I didn't realize this at the time, but a thirty page document on the regulation, the supervision, and oversight of global stablecoin arrangements, and uh, so we'll have to go maybe make like a whole like episode yeah. on this. It's crazy that we didn't know we were going to talk about this uh, today when we're coming on here, and it just happened to go on the FSB. <laughs> no, I wanted to steer like towards this because I could see, you know, from my perspective, I'm not, you know, I, I can see the forest. You know, for not having a tree in front of my face, because I'm kind of looking at you travel around. You kind of get, you know, little data points of, you know, the central banks going digital and how they're going. Because I remember special drawing rights was going to be the way that they were going to, you know, uh, put baskets of currencies to be the new world. You know, ooh, the Amero, they're going to North America. I go bullshit, man. They want the world, though. You know, this is not. They're, they're not. That's not even going to be a speed bump. They're going to a worldwide everything. This is a. Global globalist agenda and why they freaking freaked out about Trump. The fact that he even said America first, you know, we need to die. That's America freaking last. We got to go after the, um, the middle class in America is the threat. And that's what I'm saying. If Americans and, you know, the rest of the planet, but at least us to protect ourselves. If we go into commodity assets, we have like, um, I don't know. We buy silver. You know, maybe we get some crypto and I'm just, you know, and Bitcoin, I'm sure is going to shoot the freaking moon because they want it to. But, you know, it's going to be your slave number. You know, I, I, I can see that coming. But that way you can tell when they're, that's what they really want to do, because they're going to make any other crypto counterfeit. It's like somebody printing up, you know, 20s on a color printer or something. They're just like, nope, 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 nope. I'm telling you, man, I can feel it, you know. You know, all right, yeah, we can talk about that. So I am just look, go look ahead. They have, like right now, they have actually the confirmation hearing for the comp controller of the currency, which is like the lady who got <laughs> the Lenin Stalin yeah. Marxist award. It's actually going on right now. I that uh, is just, who the hell would appoint? Why is she still up there? Why is she even going through this process? At what point do they go? Never freaking mind. Is this you know, guy's name literally Mr. Crapo? Like, like the guy asking questions. Is like, literally, this guy's Mr. Crapo. Like, oh, they're so. just throwing it in your face, man. Yeah. Yeah. Look who Lord we can get elected. Right okay, now you know. No, but uh, back again uh, to to the goal of these guys, uh, Tim. If you can look up a book, actually, it's called uh, the 
the redesign of the global financial infrastructure, the return of state authority. It was written by a guy that's uh, the executive director of an organization that is called the G30 Group, which is not countries. It's a whole Companies. bunch of... <laughs> it's just a Bilderberg for the financial industry. So all the economists are there, all the uh, bankers and central bankers. That's who sits at this forum. Uh, but the, the head of that forum, and it was actually created by the Rockefeller Foundation, guys. <laughs> uh, back yeah, I, I, I was trying to find it. I, did, I didn't <laughs> find it, but I accidentally found something else. Uh, so, yeah. I was, so as I was trying to find I typed in redesign of the global infrastructure. And number two, a thing that, that pops up is World Economic Forum Global Redesign Summit. So, <laughs> <laughs> pretty similar. Like I'm, but anyways, like I'm, a, like like I'm accident. I, yeah. And this is but actually, this, the, the this, document is two, this document is 2010. And I just yeah. accidentally found. Uh, uh, yeah. They're World not hiding, man. Yeah, May 2010. <laughs> The World Economic Forum Global Redesign Summit. I just accidentally found that trying to find <laughs> oh, it. I love it. Talk about, talk about uh, okay, we just found something. Yeah, right, send, send, that send that link to Donna. Send that link to Donna. Send that link to Donna. Yeah, send to me too, too. This is, uh, we're, we're finding you know, golden nuggets here. Oh, Easter but, eggs. You know, this is what I found out. You know, and I, yeah, I'll tell a story, you know, some research I did here a couple days ago. But, um, if you know the right question, and a, a good example is I couldn't find hacker spaces, you know, these maker spaces and all that kind of stuff when we were interested in doing stories on that, and we finally did and whatever. But it was a guy out of San Francisco that I just happened to come across that was teaching after school, you know, like a vocational thing to kids to be able to learn how to solder. He's going, nobody knows how to solder. I don't even know what a screwdriver is. So I'm going to show him, then we could do Arduino stuff and Raspberry, whatever the hell they were doing. And... Uh, uh, you know, he has a history and such. And I'm going, look, man, these spaces you guys keep going, all oh, the you know, little maker places. I go, how the hell do I find them? And he goes, well, you got to know the word. It's hackerspace. If you put hackerspace and the city of whatever around the country, they blow up all over the place. And I'm going, it's the word. You got to yep. know the right word. When you do 100%. searches on this, if you got, when you start going and you find one of these documents, you start going and you find the phraseology that they're using. It's like a secret code. And if you know that code and you start putting them in searches, boom, it blows up. But now, or just the last few months, Google has been delinking and defining. If you're not allowed, you got to find a new word, or they don't even have it, or it gets on page 47 or something. It has searches on Google is not the same anymore. It is no you know, Google is useless. Yeah, they are hiding this crap. You know. So, John, you have a lot to say, Tim. Let's go ahead and let John. He's he's explaining. You're just sending us on so many you know, rabbit holes that we're going down <laughs> that we're finding stuff, but you'll know, give us your overall here. What do you think's coming? No, I, I think they, uh, they want a global uh, governance structure and, and clearly like on the financial side, they really have that already with the financial stability board. Uh, so that's their goal. Like they want their, like the, the UN and the world economic forum, like the world economic forum is basically the corporate arm of the UN um where they you know put their they have their members you know the thousands of uh, corporations that are members you know sitting members that they use to then implement uh, uh, the un strategies uh, and uh, they just want to funnel money into these groups i, I just recently talked to a uh, former world bank uh, guy 
like it was a week ago or so. And uh, he's been, he, he was at the World Bank for 10 years. Uh, and he said, uh, you know, these guys, they're just, uh, you know, employees. It's like the shadow government that people talk about, right? Like the, um, these people that are, are sitting in positions uh, that are non-electable positions, right? Uh, that are controlling the world. Like they are the ones in control because uh, he was doing a proposal. So this is interesting. He was doing a proposal on uh, some funding for uh, some forest, like because the forest was, I think it was at Ethiopia, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, there was a war, like the government-owned forest was totally destroyed. There was nothing left there. Uh, but then there was a private uh, corporation that actually owned um, uh, a private entity that owned uh, another part of a forest and that forest was totally fine. Well, what did the World Bank want to do? They wanted to fund a project for the, the open government to take over uh, and buy out you know, the corporate, like the actual privately owned forest. Uh, because they destroyed, the government destroyed the whole forest uh, before so they needed some more forest to destroy, I guess. <laughs> so the World Bank destroyer, was actually yeah. funding uh, the government to take over the land. So that's also another thing that they do. And he said uh, this same um, uh, financial, this uh, same guy has a lot of connections still with, you know, people at the, uh, you know, at the top and in the industry. And he was saying, you know, really like what is happening now is that there's a war on for resources and it's happening in Africa. And we've kind of known that, you know, for a while uh, that that's who they're coming after. They're trying to, you know, gain control over assets and so on there. And so that's the big, uh, big thing in focus right now. Uh, it's the war between, you know, basically China and uh, and the Western countries. So, you know, having control over the resources over those peasants, because you can never let, you know, the, the peasant in Africa get there, you know, actually get them become independent of, of everybody because they tried to keep them dependent for forever. You know, look at. You know, what, what is happening in Nigeria is very interesting. They're, they implemented a, a central bank digital currency there now, and they're trying to force people in through the vaccine passport and everything uh, in it. Uh, and so that's what, what is coming to everybody else. But like the, the, the whole thing now is like there's a big chessboard match, uh, like trying to control and find like hold control over resources and food and so on. Like that's why, you know, Bill Gates have been buying the stuff they know what's coming they know that you know if you hold uh things that are real th real things not paper assets uh, not paper currency or digital currency uh they know that you know the, the real things are what actually have, holds value and that's what they're trying to control wow you got anything to add to that tim no i was trying to uh gloss over that uh world economic forum thing from 2010 it was like oh. 36 pages though yeah and oh by the way uh, the guy that i talked to too he, his buddy he wrote a book called uh the great no not the great reset it's called the reset it's like a mocking thing uh of you know like these resets that these elites are trying to do but actually the elites have taken parts of that the reset book and created the great reset by the way so like his buddy actually you know, uh, is like, and he said, like the only people that reads these books that he uh, he uh, puts out is the bad guys, like these uh, <laughs> uh, technocrats. You know, that are uh, at the top of everything. So, like, yeah, th th these people at the top, you know, all they want is control. And and a technocrat, you know, technical term. This goes back from you know, um, what's his name now? Uh, 
Patrick Wood, you know, he talked about it, and Anthony Sutton. They talked about this for, uh, you know, way, way back when the actual technocrat organization right. was aligned. I think the 60s, over Washington thing. Yeah. He's writing an article yeah. for the paper. But but these guys now, they're, they're basically calling themselves technocratic epistemic uh, societies. They, epistemic? It, that's what, what the hell does that mean? I, 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 don't, I don't know, <laughs> but look <laughs> it up. But anyways, that's what in the book that I was uh, the, the redesign of the global financial infrastructure to return of state authority by Stu P. McIntosh. He says that like the word technocrat is probably used like 200 times in that book. And they're just self-acclaimed technocrats, you know, and then technocrats want just full technical control. And how do they uh, get their control is by control, centrally planning everything. And then, of course, implementing the fourth industrial revolution. Uh, with algorithms running everything and, you know, transit, all that kind of stuff. And that's what they want. They want like control of all the data and everything because they believe uh, by doing that, they could actually be able to make the economy function yeah. better. Well, that's what epistemic means, articles. relating to knowledge, cognition, cognitive, okay. you know. Yeah. So it means they want to know everything. Yeah. All seeing not <laughs> total information awareness thing. Because they... Yeah. They did, um, um, you know, played, showed their hand when they did total information awareness back in, God, right after 9-11, you know, oh, two, three, and we Was started. Like an, octo- an octopus going around the globe or something, like the symbol? Yeah, that. no, it's, uh, here, I'll show you, you know. Right, Wasn't that even like. Dude, dude, well, wasn't well you can do it if you got hosting, my... Tim. Just put yeah, total right information now. awareness and an image search or something. Wasn't that and... an all-seeing eye on, on, on that one? I forgot. Oh, no, no. You got to see oh, we it. got it. It's oh, freaking. Oh, my God. It's even, it's even yeah. better. No, it's, uh, it's, 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 this is the right one because this is real, you know, and we made, you know, Dorit, there it is. <laughs> it's a pyramid, it's a pyramid looking at the earth. <laughs> total information awareness. We know everything. This is an official <laughs> thing from DARPA. So this tells you, after office. 9-11, this is what they want. Oh, and yeah, what they did 100%. is that we made such a big deal out of it and got a bunch of television coverage with our you know, uh, trash can flyers and put that on, total information <laughs> awareness. We we looked through your garbage, you know, Agent 4409. We had some fun with that one. But what happened was, <laughs> when we did that, what they did is uh, they changed the logo to where it's like an A with a orbit going around a satellite or some kind of a different logo because that was way too freaking obvious you know yeah. they all see an eye looking at the earth i mean you know i'm going holy shit you know these guys are freaking amazing you know yeah. so we have a uh, a web uh, domain it's called aztiphotline.info you know, which was where people would report suspicious, you know, stuff. And we have, uh, it's, I, I can go on and on about our activism and so on. But, man, it's just that these guys have played their hand, you know, way long time ago. And now they're just, they're just crafting it. You know, what they can get away with. And a lot of the documents that we've come across, you know, Tim put up there, is what? You know, these documents are... By the way, I just saw a thing that popped up on my screen that Bill Gates apparently had been giving $319 million to uh, media outlets. Is that all? (laughs) (laughs) He's not serious. Canada, I mean, how much did your government give uh, media outlets in Canada? Well, $600 And you know what's even better is that if you search up on on, uh, YouTube, you'll find a clip of Justin Trudeau being at the press, like the... 
basically the press dinner for like this organization and he's you know like the reason why the uh, you know the media doesn't bother us is you know for for a very good reason it's because we gave them 600 million dollars to leave us alone <laughs> no no this is this is neon flashing uh, obvious and this you know it's a lot of libertarian criticism of you know PBS and you know public service broadcasting that kind of thing but um uh in these stimulus bills and so on, and this started happening when the internet started. I remember when we first started Freedom's Phoenix back in 05 and so on. This was the talk then. The printed page is going out of business. You know, these magazines going out of business. A congresswoman in Southern California's gazillionaire husband bought Newsweek for a dollar and took on all of their debt and everything. And did why? So they could have the front page at the airport newsstands and put Obama up all the time. So this look, is look they, this is what they, this is the point I want to make. Gates is paying three hundred and something million dollars. Trudeau and the government of Canada six hundred million dollars or something. And this is happening world worldwide because they have to prop up these businesses that are going out of business to keep them yep. around so they can give them any freaking new cover uh, good coverage well the cbc in canada gets 1.2 billion dollars to be funded okay and uh they they still like at one point me and josh you know world alternative media when we were together we actually had more viewers on YouTube when they still didn't ban us, and it was fine. We had more viewers than the one point two billion dollar funded, you know, Canadian uh, state-owned media. <laughs> <So> <laughs> and and wow. that's what that's what it is today. People are seen through, you know, like it's that the Let's Go Brandon, you know, episode. Uh, I think it was MSNBC interviewing this Brandon guy that won, you know, NASCAR race. Uh, and Didn't you say they were doing shows. that in Canada? Didn't you say that, that those chants were oh, going yeah, off yeah. in Canada so, too recently? The, uh, somebody told me at a, a local like NHL game here with the Winnipeg Jets, they'd heard somebody was yelling, let's go, Brandon. Like there was a chant going on. In the- <laughs> you know, they really hate that. That You know, this is what you know, I always say. Uh-huh. It's always general public opinion. I keep hammering on that because throughout, I'm old enough to remember when these things were done, is when everybody went, you know, they're done. You know, it's just it's just an opinion. You know, it's just when people go, eh, we're done. And I'm thinking that this massive they're done is them getting the hell out of Dodge. They're just going, man, I we need to fight. And that's why you see a lot of rural land getting bought up. You see the RV purchasing thing going on. You see a lot of these moves toward the pulling kids out of school. You know they're, they're trying uh, to get they're trying to get off this planet, not even getting out of Dodge. Trying yeah. to get off, well, that's get one thing. Earth. What did what did uh, Bezos say? Oh, oh yeah, the <laughs> Earth is going to be a recreational place for you to go to if we let you from our space station. You know, is, um, is that like Elysium? Is he talking about Elysium? Absolutely, like, of course well, he Elysium is. Elysium was the space station. It wasn't right. Earth. The Earth right. was a hellhole, but right, <laughs> assholes, man. You know this is just I I so this stuff never goes the way they think they should, you know, or want them to. They set up all this stuff, but all they're doing is they just make it more and more complex, more and more, you know, stupid. And then what do we get? You know, we get um, um, uh, the decentralization of people, just their attitude. Nah, I'm going to take my money out of this collective pot that they're going to bail in, and I'm just going to go buy, you know, some commodity assets, land, you know, solar panels, uh, batteries, which is what I've been doing. You know, I just, the homie's going to have power. That's another thing. 
Derek Slopey lives in Maine. He was putting up a bunch of solar panels on his father's place, and he has, you know, batteries, you know, extra stuff he finds, gets, you know, cheap here. There, his dad works in telecom, you know, doing these different data places, and they got replacing batteries, and they just give them to him. And he, you know, so Derek's got, like, crap loads of batteries. Then he's putting up more solar panels and so on. And, I, you know, I'm wondering why he was just doing it because, you know, you know, it's cheaper you can do it. Well, then I see a story I sent to him that Maine can expect 50% increases in their energy bill this year, okay? So I said, he goes, woohoo! glad I'd put up some solar and batteries. Oh. Then he finds yeah. it came out, it's 88% increase. 88%. Yeah. This is well, in, in Norway, in Norway right now, it's 75%. The bill increased for my mom. Oh, see, this is... And, Biden, yeah. and right now, Biden is saying that he wants to have... He just ordered the FTC to investigate the oil companies to see if they're if they're behind all the rise in prices of energy and oil right now. So they're... So on one hand, you know... We need price like the, fixing. The brand new regime is, you know, going after the big oil companies and trying to bankrupt yeah. them. And then on the other hand, and shutting down, you know, different types of drilling. But on the so other so hand, forth. oil companies are buying the, the alternative energies, right? Like solar and, and wind. Like, <laughs> you know, this is why I guys... saw Biden went to Ch uh, China when he was meeting whatever the hell he's having with Z or something. And he goes, um, uh, they wanted China to release their uh, to release their strategic reserves. Because what we have here in America, you know, a lot of places, the countries, they'll just have a crap load of oil. Go ahead and put them in. And, uh, oh, Dr. Frank's up. Hey, Dr. Frank, you know, you know, demute and say yo us up. So um, he's in, you know, psycho. Howdy, so, howdy. Hey, well, hold on. We're Hello. finishing up here, and we'll get in, and you might get the, you know, yeah, yeah, way in. But, you know, Biden's going to them saying China needs to uh, uh, release their strategic reserves for us or some crap. What? <laughs> yes. You know, I you know, shut up. You know, I, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. This is coming off the rails. And what we discovered today, and probably already knew, is that, um, there is a plan in place since the last cry hell for decades, probably that they have for bail-ins haircuts. We're going to get and take over and the government print a bunch of money too big to fail in the bank or whatever. When this is coming, it's imminent. I can't see how it's holding on, you know, with Scotch tape and glue and rubber bands and bubble gum and whatever the hell they're doing. So, you know, you got a timeline, John, you want to predict, you know, everybody, and then they should do what, you know? I'm sure Frank wants to hear this, too. Do we need, you know, right, Tim, let, let John go, and then I'll give, you know, Tim a shot here. But, John, man, tell the peoples, man. You know, a lot of people have listened to you, know you, trust you. You know, we got a what? Well, I, I think the timeline is, like, we already were there in 2020. We had the second global fan like gfc 2.0 in 2020 it was all you know hidden by you know the government lockdowns and and everything and an interesting point that my uh, buddy made that i talked to was that you know all this um shutdown of travel and everything is they're trying to decarbonize the world through COVID, uh and they're using COVID as that you know uh, as the vehicle to uh, accomplish that and if you look at air travel Air travel is down, you know, 30% of what it was uh, when it comes to extraction of oil in the United States. It's a third, like everywhere in the world, uh, you know, extraction of oil is about a third of what it was at the peak. Uh, so you see in this happening everywhere. Um, 
and right now it's just like the, the federal reserve has been constantly you know buying assets uh, all around the world like it was a global uh global bailout and, and in norway they bought four percent of the stock market the central bank did uh to prop it up so what you're seeing is the central banks is just going to continue to buy and buy and buy assets that are going bust and to keep propping us up because they they are getting ready for a reset but they're not you know uh, ready when they're ready they'll just swoop in and uh you know come and take uh, like basically says that you know everybody's so indebted uh we need to bail everybody out but while we are doing that you know the uh un or whoever it is will get you know um uh, will get ownership over all of those assets it's almost like that letter that i i don't know if it's real or not that came out in the you know, from the supposed the Canadian government that they were going to take over uh, assets. Uh, but I think that could definitely happen uh, through these crises. Uh, and they're going to just let, you know, the system fall apart itself. And then as the crisis really entails, and I think it could happen within, like now that you see inflation coming so high, I think it could be like anywhere from uh, like now until like two, three years from now, uh, it could be a full-fledged, you know, the total destruction of the, the current system with money and everything. And, and look at how they're destroying health care sector and everything. It seems like they're just like, uh, it's a planned demolition, you know, like uh, uh, Jeff Berwick and uh, Charlie Robbins wrote the book uh, that, you know, they're, they're letting it just totally get destroyed. They're blaming COVID. Meanwhile, it's the government that did it. Yeah, and um, that's what's coming. They're just going to destroy everything. Okay, wipe it clean slate because that's what these commies need. Uh, they're signaling, the you know, their freaking intent with this uh, nominee, what's her face from Amarola, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, talk about. Well, she she's a woman that they put up as a uh, to be confirmed by the Senate to do something that you're going to explain to me. But she came from you know Russia. She's a Marxist. She's you know yeah we want the energy sector to go bankrupt. That's what we want, right? Well, I'm going to help you, you know. And this is just, they are signaling exactly what it is that they want. Sustainable development, according to them, and that means everybody's, you know, back to sticks and stones, and they're going to make it happen. What is the and, position that she's in, that they're, she's, uh, you know, lobbying for? What is it that well, she this is, do? Yeah, this is the, I think what is going to potentially happen is that they're just going to let all the assets fail in the current system. Then they're going to be like, hey, you know, like your bank assets, you know, it's all bail-ins and you're going to lose everything. But but if you come over to the new central bank digital currency that Omaroa and everybody is, you know, touting, uh, you can get those assets back. But you know, when you get them back, you're, you're a slave for life. Uh, so that is a definite you're thing that I think life? could happen. Yeah, you, you basically then stuck. Like, what what is going to happen? You're a slave for life. All your pensions and everything fall apart. And then they're going to be like, hey, you know, if you want that money back, just come over to the new central bank digital currency owned okay. by the Federal Reserve. So it's like and then you could get your asset. Money yeah. back and universal basic income of the new script purple digital money. And you better learn how to use a smartphone. I mean, you know, it's yeah. going to be this is the great reset. So they need this to happen to do their reset thing. They need total collapse and chaos around. And that's what what are we seeing right now, right? That's, oh, my God. I, yeah. All right. All right. You know, Tim, what you got to yeah. say, man? You got to hit your mute. 
Yeah, the only way to get me to shut up is to mute myself. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're just going in for broke right now. I mean, obviously, they're not going to, uh, you know, let up and let us get back to life as normal. And the new normal will be everybody living in little coffin sized apartments. And so, I mean, I think the skip to the end is everyone. Uh, it's too bad that Ernie's not more popular and that too, more people didn't heed your yeah. warnings. And instead, you know, people are, you know, watching the, you know, people just talking about the news of the day and what's going on this second and that second. They're always missing the forest for the trees. But, you know, now I feel like even like the average everyday person is like starting to wake up to this. But, you know, the answer is to, uh, you know, be off the grid and not be dependent because I think they're going to go for broke and they're parallel you know, societies. They're going to mess right, everything Tim? up on but purpose. But this paper is going to be about. You know, yep. I'm telling you, Tim, you know, you did uh, your kind of your RV and you've been kind of getting bug out ready and so on. Are you ready to move out a little bit more or getting a little bit more autonomous, getting some solar or something? What's up? Yeah, I mean, luckily with the RV, I mean, if like push really came to shove, I've got like enough solar on there to be, you know, to be comfortable uh, and like a decent battery setup on that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at Zillow pretty much every day. And basically, I've got to, for tax reasons, I pretty much have to wait until after I get my 2021 taxes done to then be able to, because what I would like to do is leverage it and go through, uh, you know, not financial advice, but, you know, I'd rather use the uh, the king's the crown's money to, right. you know, get like a 2% interest rate for 30 years on deflated currency. That's not going to be worth anything, but I'll be able to, the bank will be able to give me a lot more money next year versus if I did it right now. So I'd rather, you know, use as much of their fake monopoly money as possible to, uh, you know, leverage it out uh you know off this okay now here's another thing. question on that i keep hearing all the time that the banks can just call in the loan they say that eh, you owe it all now give me and if you don't we take your assets yeah but i thought i got 30 years to pay now nah, we changed our mind is that true i don't know i mean i guess they can it gets even if it isn't true they always change the rules anyways so i mean it doesn't really matter you know if they, if they want it to be true they just you know change, i mean it's, they're the ones with the corrupt courts and the corrupt judges and the whole corrupt system so if they want to make that true then i guess they've got all the guns too to make that true so yeah. they can cancel your mortgage but you could go somewhere else too uh Maybe. but if everybody's yeah that's it. what layman thought <laughs> <laughs> you know hey i <clears throat> this is dr tambor i have two questions for you guys number one <clears throat> first is do you think this is you said it could happen tomorrow or in the next few years uh, i'm sure for a lot of the audience do you think it's going to happen more overnight or I think it's just going to be a slow, slow burn uh, that will just be obvious to everyone. What do you think? It'll just fall off a cliff one day and we have like the great panic of uh, the 1930s. It's, I, I think it's going to be a cliff moment. Like it's all going to be like, you know, slowly and then some. You know, I found yeah. that quote from Ernest Hemingway. I've been always saying it won't happen all at once, but it'll happen overnight. You know, it's kind of the yeah. same thing. I've been waiting. It's Monday. I mean, you know, this is what's going to happen. And and that's one thing we've been talking about today, Frank, before you came on. John's been saying that it's already started. You know, it's like, you know, here we go. You know, I mean, uh, um, yeah. how, how long do you think it's going to hold out before it becomes, you know, freaky? And people, they, they you know, the bank holiday is going to shift to the Great Reset. When do you think that's going to happen? No, I, I think that is potential within the next three years, for sure. It could happen at any time right now. Uh, if you get a moment of distrust in the currency, as I said, like a big supply shock, when that stored up money that is in bank accounts in the U.S. and everywhere in the world right now, 
when that comes into a country and starts, you know, going after, you know, food and water and, and other assets, you're going to get potentially a, a shock so high. And you've seen that already with, you know, a lot of things like your bills and everything that are going up. Uh, if you get a shock high enough, and you're hearing that a lot now here in Canada, people are desperate, you know, uh, they're not ready for even the slightest interest rate increase. They're not ready for like all the, this extra cost. They're just bare bone right now. Uh, and, and so that moment of distrust could come very quickly, you know, and, uh, and throughout history, like usually when that distrust comes, the currency is gone uh, completely within six, six months to a year. Usually six months is the, uh, is the uh, international standard in uh, modern modern times? Okay, so now I want to, you know, Tim, how would you position yourself for this event? Because I remember John and I, uh, uh, he was in Arizona about a couple of years ago, and we're sitting there, and he was talking about, you know, we're talking about stuff, and we got the domain anotherbankrun.com. Remember that? So I oh, got yeah. that another bank run, and I'm going. Well, you know, Tim's a, you know, big triathlete and all that kind of stuff. What if we had a 5K, 10K, call it another bank run, and you get kind of for every uh, ATM withdrawal as you're going from ATM running around the city and you get somewhere and each one of those things are a, a drawing that you get a raffle ticket of some crypto or some BS like that. It's a bank run. You're actually pulling your money out. It's another bank run. <laughs> this is, yep. oh, man, you want to you get some marketing going on for Liberty Advisors? Well, that, yeah, no, I, I, I'm, the one that came, I'm the one that came up with the idea yeah. and then told yeah. John about it. But it was idea, a, yeah. but I was, it could be a 401k <laughs> run instead of a five 5k yeah, run. Yeah, you guys are just yakkers. Who's the guy that got the, got the domain? <laughs> Yeah. You know, today today is actually the anniversary of when I first did my Ironman. So today is the nine-year anniversary of, of doing oh, that. But, but they have taken away one of my uh, big bucket list items is I always wanted to do the Hawaii Ironman. And now, I mean, basically, I can't ever go to Hawaii because I'm not vaccinated. So Oh, and so you know another thing, guys, talking about domains, I got, uh, if you look up governmentisnonessential.com as well, I have that one. Uh, and it's actually accurate. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of fun that could be had. You know, Frank yeah. and I, we go into the, you know, the Trump report after this. We're going to, you know, get a, a lot of, you know, so a lot of the guys, you know, listen to this show. You want to go hear Frank and I, you know, yell at each other. But, you know, it's, um, you know, we have, you know, a lot of fun with this. This has been a great show today. I've learned, you know, a lot. I, I tell you what I learned is, you know, uh, today what I what I learned is that, it's already happening. This is now. Yeah. And my instincts were right, man. I just, you know, this newspaper is going to be trying to make the urban flight, you know, uh, to the rural areas and trying to just survive this thing. And B, yeah. you have some assets. You could raise your family. You start your own community, be insulated from all this stuff. But in the end, uh, they're going to go as far as robots, artificial intelligence. This is what... You know, uh, the guys like Musk and so on going on about artificial intelligence is an existential threat. And I'm the existential. What the hell does that even mean? I got to look it up. It means extinction level. You know, this is our society and humanity is not going to survive central planning. It can't. Well, they have to force it on you, and they're going to use whatever tech they can to make you. Because 
Oh, well, well, remember, remember my presentation in Mesquite, Nevada, at the Red Pill, you know, where I talk about the robot dogs coming really with weapons on them and facial recognition. Boston Boston Dynamics. And, I mean, Elon Elon Musk's grandfather was, and we learned this from the show when Patrick Wood, when I was uh, dropping in on that show, where uh, Elon Musk's grandfather was, like, the top technocrat of Canada. So, I mean, this is not some guy that came out of nowhere. Uh, so I think you know he's somewhere that should be watched closely, and it's sort of ama- like if I had done what he did, where you know he goes out on Twitter and asks, you know, should he go sell his stock, and then the stock price then plummets, and right in the day before that, his brother sells a hundred million dollars worth of stock. Uh, you know, if like anyone, have, if anyone else would have done that, they would have been you know in jail already. Uh, curb walk. He was playing. But, you know, he was the- playing the the media and their BS. And I thought he played yeah. it awesome because what did he well, want to do? Well, I did love it. It was, and uh, I, I love this tweet to uh, Bernie. Pardon? Is, is, do you see his tweet to uh, Bernie Sanders? Bernie yeah, I Sanders. Thought you were uh, dead. <laughs> yeah, you're still alive. <laughs> so I, I have a, I have a, another, another question. I want to throw to all of you since we have an interesting panel. This is usually a question Ernie and I would go off on, but you know everything I learned from life, as my buddy Tim knows, is probably from Star Wars. Uh, there's a lot, <laughs> lot of life lessons in Star Wars, and uh, one is George Lucas was trying Lucas. to. As George Lucas was trying to bring up is that, uh, you know, Anakin, uh, like many dictators and many people on the other side, they don't think that they're wrong. I mean, in other words, they, I'm said that they don't think they're evil. Uh, in their mind, they think they're trying to help. Right? Yeah, that's Thanos is the, doing you a favor. Oh, 100%. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're always trying to do you a favor, and they honestly believe it. Now, granted, you got full-on sociopaths, and that's a whole other story. But that aside, you know, a lot of these people really believe it. And so the question I often I think is, you know, the, the Great Reset and all this control – I mean, it very well could be that the Bill Gates of the world, of course, when he's not at uh, Epstein's Island, but with the, these guys, you know, you have to wonder, do they really honestly believe what the signs that they have and the time that they have since they don't have to be working 24-7, you know, or, or nine to five jobs? I mean, they, they have the time and the luxury and they're hobnobbing with PhDs and going around the world and all these things. Do they honestly believe that the world is ending? You know, global warming is such a threat. And overpopulation is such a threat that they feel like it's almost their duty and responsibility to be in the position that they are to help this planet. And I may add, when you have people like Jeff Bezos and others going up into space, uh, which I know Bill Gates hasn't, but, you know, when you're able to travel the world and see the entire world and Ernie and I go back and forth because I've had the privilege of traveling around the world quite a bit. It really does change your perspective on things going to outer space is an entirely different thing. You never come back the same once you've seen uh, the small blue planet. They just see and I just kind of wonder, with all, that put, with, with all that put together, do you guys think that these people really believe that they're saving humanity by doing all this? They're, they're so worried about their climate change that they've got to have 400 private jets to get to their meetings to talk about <laughs> you know, climate change. You know, well, hey, hey, don't worry. You know, they're offsetting their carbon by, uh, you know, these carbon credits that, you know, Bill, uh, Bill you know, Al Gore and others are trading. So, you know, so, Al Gore, forget the hypocrisy. Now, forget the hypocrisy. Thing, there was a movie done by Michael Moore, you know, Mr. Liberal Michael Moore, and it was called. Um, Planet of the Humans, and I watched that, and Gore didn't come out very well. Their big thing was, oh, we got to do, you know, biomass. We're gonna, we're gonna. You, you, it makes you think that they're, you know, digging up 
earth, you know, landfills or something and burning. He just whatever. came out and said we need to use like all the satellites around the world to basically, you know, track people who are, you know, being bad carbon emitters. And then, you know, he learned his, you know, carbon tax hustle from, you know, Kenneth Lay and Jeffrey Skilling from Enron of, you know, because they were the ones who were like gamifying. It's, it's all about the entire like, forest and they're cutting down the trees and burning them. Their well, biomass is trees. I'm going. Do you know who? Do you know who they're? Uh, do you know? Go ahead. Uh, Tim locked up. Sir, his last name was Blood. Can you hear? Can you guys yeah, hear go me? Go ahead. Go ahead. Repeat what you yeah. said. His his original hedge fund partner was a guy whose last name was Blood. So their hedge fund was Blood and Gore. <laughs> you know you can't make not, this yeah. shit up, man. <laughs> no, you can't make it up. But again, you know. Uh, Back to uh, Frank's question, I, I think, yeah, no, they, they don't believe, like, all they want is control. Like, when you read their books and everything, uh, there's nothing there that are, like, really, like, they're super fearful, but it's all about, like, how can we set up a control grid? Because the pesky peasants, you know, uh, there's too many of them, and they're getting afraid because it's too many, you know? The elites can only control, uh, you know, people's mind for such a long time until if, you know, messages get out, they're, they're kind of screwed. And then the pitchforks comes out. And that's and what Ernie, they're worried about more. And Ernie, one of what I learned from the last show you got, you and Dr. Frank did is I had, <laughs> I mean, I haven't been paying attention to anything about this young kid. And all of a sudden I hear you say that young kid was like the former CEO of Carlisle Group. And I'm like, I'm like, that's all you need to fucking know right there. Yeah, that yeah. He's the former, you know, it's all you need to know. Like, uh, I, I that, talked that he's to my now the answer to Terry McAuliffe. Big Youngkin guy, you know, and we were in Virginia, and he actually worked the election, you know. And um, so I'm going, well, does anybody say anything about, you know, his fight, who he and his buddies? And they go, oh, yeah, it came out. He's just a good businessman. Yeah, of course. Well, he, he's a Trump. You know, I'm going. It's, it's wow. just blatant fraud. It's just blatant fraud by everybody. Look at how many did insider trading during, you know, the government lockdowns. They knew that they were coming, right? And all this stuff. Like, it's just complete fraud. And it's like an elitist society. Like, we basically got borderline communism, right? Uh, where, you know, people at the top, they make all the money and they just do whatever they want. And uh, they think that they're far above the law. And that we peasants, we need to get whooped into, you know, the, the gulags, like the okay, open air gulags. John, tell me real quick, this uh, um, um, Russian Marxist chick running for in charge of something, what is the position that she's running, uh, uh, being nominated for? What does it do? You know, why do we care? You know what? I mean, and Tim might be even better to answer this, but the office of the controller of the currency is basically the one that is in charge of the U.S. dollar, isn't it, Tim? Uh, you know, um, I think that's what it is. Uh, Tim, Tim might be known as a little bit better than me. Yeah, he's searching right now. So he's <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but well, they're also on the on the head of their website right now. It says acting controller issues statement on report on stable coins. So I mean, this is I mean, basically, so they are the ones yeah. who are uh, in in control of the currency. I mean, it, it's it's in yeah. the name, the you know office yeah. of comptroller okay. of the currency. So How? it's a division of the treasury. Yeah. On on you know what I got to do the McLaughlin thing, you know. One being, you know, impossibility, 10 being absolute certitude. What is your, you know, we're going to go to a digital currency within a year? 200. 
Within a year, I mean, I, I mean, I think within within three years, I'd say it's ninety nine point nine percent. Catalog, uh, catalog year. looks like it's way ahead of the game, actually, because we we're hiring CBDC employees at the Bank of Canada right now. So, I, you know, since crypto started, since Bitcoin got going from the early days, it was obvious to me that the guys at the top and who have they were lobbying to be the United States government legal tender of, and they positioned themselves, you know, lobbyists on K street, people that I had to interview what they, you know, how they talked about how it was managed and you know, yada, 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 yada. This has been the goal from the beginning of some people. Now, I don't know who, you know, pretended they didn't like it or they're going back or it needs to be more regulated or it's only drug dealers. So we need to have the department of whatever the hell, but we are going digital currency. This has been the threat to go to the world, though, since forever. And I got to bring this up. The Economist. All right, pull this up, Tim, since you're, you know, got uh, hosting there. Um, the World, no, is it? The Economist, which is Rockefeller Magazine, The Economist, and put in. Roth, Roth, Rothschild, not Rockefeller. Oh, I'm sorry, Rothschild. So yes. go, go in, you know, pull up The Economist and have 33 years three months, three weeks, three days. Just do that, The Economist. 33 years, three months, three weeks, three days. You know what I'm looking for? I know what you're looking for. Okay, 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 you'll <laughs> find it. This is, what happened, you're going to see the graphic, and it had the world currency was announced over 30 years ago, and they're saying, this is what we're going to do. So when they were talking about the Amero, I go, they don't care about you know, regional stuff. They want the world, though. This is just, you know, what they're going to do. Well, then it came up with, um, uh, I always called it GoldmanSuck.gov coin, okay? Well, then all of a sudden, Ernie, wow, man, how'd you know? Boom, the cover of The Economist has GovCoin on it, okay? Which is, you know, look like a Bitcoin, Casatius coin kind of thing. Well, these, the, the graphic, if he finds it, the image, it has the first Economist cover, and then the more recent one that had GovCoin on it. And the time between the two covers was 33 years, three months, three weeks, and three days. They love their numbers, okay? This is coming. Get freaking over it. This is what, and how do you prepare yourself? So is there another crypto that you're going to do? Just out of principle. I'm just not a fan of Bitcoin. Of course, it's going to go whatever the hell they want to do until they manipulate the shit out and it just keeps going up and down. But I'm looking. So then they talk about stable coin. Stable coin on what? The U.S. dollar that's inflating out of the freaking moon? Oh, but I got a crypto that goes right along with the dollar. Yay. I mean, uh, stable, know, stable coin is the is the most ox, like the most Orwellian name that you could ever add to. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah that's always, okay so that was the first one then um and that was the second one and there's a graphic that has both of them but you know the dis the the time flip back between them now and then will you tim yeah the time between these two magazine covers was 33 33 3 3 what i mean you know holy crap you think they're not going to do it of course they're going to do it this is what they've been working for here we go you know and but but you know like how you're gonna resist it like let's do what ecuador did ecuador they tried to implement it in 2014 it failed in 2018 because nobody used it that's how we do it yeah no well, el salvador they're trying to 
you know, did not comply. You know, well, in El Salvador, they uh, because of the transaction fees, there's no way people are going to do. Oh, it's got to be lightning. You got to use and a custodial government wallet. Oh hell, man, sign my shit up. You know, I just going. This is so neon flash and obvious to us. So I just want to leave on on this point. I'm going to make a comment, and you guys just you know give me a you know ten second confirmation. I'm full of crap. Um. I don't see any other way out of this other than to have physical things, whatever it is, you know, means of production for, you know, making, you know, machinery, getting a lathe, you know, having, you know, uh, a, a big giant stack of copper somewhere or silver, gold assets, because that's what always comes. It's called the crack up boom to where this paper is not worth anything. Well, hell, I'll buy a, a shovel. Man, at least I got a shovel, you know, guys, how, how many... $10,000 for a shovel? Yay, I got a shovel. Because in the Weimar Republic, you know, when they, uh, uh, Germany went, what did they do? They stole the wheelbarrow and left the cash. You know, I mean, this is how bad it's going to be. So position ourselves to have a place that produces food, that you're not too hot, not too cold, not too hungry, not too thirsty. You got a nice nest, so like a female will actually want to sleep with you. I mean, I'm seeing hell. I'm feeling freaking filthy, stinking rich because I got a bus, you know, with all the goodies. So this is where I'm thinking we need to start thinking, and what this newspaper is about. What say you, John Snyzen? No, it's 100. percent You need to start decentralizing yourself from the centralized system. That's how we're going to survive this insanity that's coming. There's no other way. Tim. Nice environment for a female to sleep with you, and it's called the love bus. That's, that's, exactly oh, that's right. I got a babe. You know, like I'm looking down here. She's taking a shower. The door's open. I got her naked. I'm all distracted over here watching me. So, you know, I got Donna TV. No, 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 no. Well, okay. just, just make that the uh, the 30-second uh, uh, intro to this podcast. Everybody listen to the end. <laughs> you know? All right, Frank. Um, you have to have a say, man. What do you think? Well, I'll have my last question. I'll just convert it into a comment. Just give me like 30 seconds. But basically, uh, uh, I agree with you. I think the hard assets and whether it's commodities and land and, uh, uh, you know, metals, there's different commodities I think are ultimately a bit to be more important. Uh, I'm not opposed to crypto, as, as you guys personally know with me. But I will throw out my comment, which would be a question is, you know, I, I from day one, as much as we've done conferences on crypto, we understand hash rates and all this stuff, but from being into it really early or understanding it, uh, the one thing that always bothers me is the whole Satoshi thing. Is something this brilliant, this complex, that's something so early on, and yet everyone's with their FOMO and making money and there's blinders on of greed and it's exciting and blah, 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 especially all the Johnny come latelys that all of our friends and family are jumping into. You sit back and you go, who the hell made this? And and to me, I just wonder, is it the greatest honeypot of all time? Because we're trying, instead of forcing everyone onto a digital currency, you just entice them thinking that that they've done it themselves when no one seems to care about where it came from. And then you, t- and then you co-opt that. So I just feel, uh, you know, for that reason, I think it's, I'm not saying not to get involved in it or other types of cryptos and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But But at the end of the day, for people who are 100% crypto and laugh at the Peter Schiff's of the world, I would say, you know, there's there's certainly safety in having something hard asset, like Ernie said. Yeah, yeah, that was one thing. Um, you know, well, it was interesting. Tim Fry from Roberts and Roberts, we had, uh, you know, uh, uh, spent the day with and went out to eat and so on. 
and went by his uh, facility. Of course, he's, you know, big in precious metals, but he's a big fan of crypto. And he likes the idea that there's not some kid that created it or some group or somebody pre-mined or whatever. He He's, he's a big maximalist. He loves him some Bitcoin. And, um, and I can see the allure of that. But my problem was from the beginning, and these guys that I had on, all the big boys, and uh, they were very evasive about how it was altered and changed and developed. And that, well, you have to have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, core development. Yeah, yeah, it's core development. It's like, you know, all you got to do is, you know, be BlackRock, you know, get a bunch of miners and say, this is what we're going to do because this is what we're going to do. And they go, oh, no, they would have to this. And I go, you're just giving a roadmap. You know, well, they would have to spend a gazillion dollars on doing this and buy that and do it. I go, oh, well, uh, then that's what they'll do, you know, because the market cap on all crypto in existence is like nothing, you know, in comparison to they, them, those, whatever they want to do. So I'm not, if it's controllable, you know, and even gold and silver is manipulatable like all hell when they do paper prices, which is what they want to do. They do ETFs of Bitcoin. Oh, hell, well, they just turned that into paper, you know. So I'm I, I'm for as decentralization, individuals get the stuff that makes the stuff that you would buy. Yeah, look, look, right, look right here. I'm on my Amazon orders. This is October 14th, 2020. I bought this generator for $562. This is, so we're talking 13 months ago, I bought this generator. Today... Thirteen or thirteen hundred fucking dollars for the same one. Yeah, no, this same is one. Yeah, thirteen hundred. No, you guys, and they don't even, and they don't even have, and they don't, and that's like if you can. This is like the weird thing where it's like not even like available, but you've got to go search around within Amazon. I tell so you, that's what's like cheap, if you can even get it right now. You know, if you can get it shipped, you know, is solar and uh, lithium iron phosphate batteries to the point that I dropped thirteen thousand to get you know all the batteries, which I was willing to pay. I was thinking I was be forty fifty thousand dollars to get my power needs done and it's going to be like twenty thousand dollars and i'm done and i'm going oh it might get less nope not waiting doing it now i pulled the trigger on everything got all my <laughs> copper and the wiring and the solar panels and the batteries and i've got you know hopefully the batteries get here by the end of the year you know in arizona and i'm just like nope i, I it's electrons right. man they're going to get you on energy and that's why they want to make energy a um uh uh you know basis for a current <laughs> You know, if you buy and sell electron, you know, carbon credits and all this other crap. Then they get on Elon Musk for, well, you got government support of whatever. You know, they gave him all these different credits because he's not using them because he's making electric cars. Then he sells those to other companies, and all of a sudden he's a welfare queen. And I'm going, well, you created the freaking thing. What the hell is he supposed to do with it? Burn them? Well, I mean, self-sufficiency. That's where we need to go to. Like any any collapses of currencies or civilizations, it all comes back to self-sufficiency. You know, having the things you need and owning them physically. Yeah. Uh, you know, having them in your hands. I want to McDuck it, man. I want to roll around in my silver coins. You know. All right, we got to wrap it up. You know, this has been great. You know, uh, uh, Dr. Frank and I are going to do the Trump Report. This is going to be of interest to a lot of people too. So make sure you you, you click on on that you know uh, tell the people entice them on the stream there what are we going to be talking about frank well we always have to throw some trump because otherwise you know it's a, it's a boring show uh <laughs> probably a desantis but we have to really talk about something we haven't i thought would not be of interest uh but is the the, the written house trial it's on day three of the, the deliberations i don't know if you saw if you guys this morning 
but we're looking at a, a massive, most likely mistrial with prejudice from the newest reveal, if you guys saw, where the defense, I don't know if you heard about it, but PBS, PBS actually broadcast yesterday someone who did a screenshot of the prosecutor's laptop in court. And on there, they found two file formatting programs, uh, Format Master or something, and uh, I forget that, uh, we'll go over it, these two format deals. And it turns out that the prosecutor purposely gave the defense um, a low-resolution yeah. video, right? And so, I mean, it, it, that's on top of four of the things that they've done. And so it just shows you what's fascinating is it's showing the world, or at least this country, the levels that I'm, I know for libertarians it's called a Tuesday, but for us, but for the, the Americans to sit back and say, you, know, you mean the government actually will lie to get you to this point? It's not even about this decision about how you feel about guns. But when this thing unravels, you're, you're watching a judge that was put in there by a Democrat, a Democrat judge who's sitting there being forced to 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 confront the federal government and and expose to, to who these people are to a whole nother level. So. It'll free more minds, but it's something, uh, you know, stuff to talk about, definitely with Ernie, uh, about, about for judges yeah, maybe Donna, and about Donna's the media. Donna's been glued to the court thing, man. Yeah. She's been all Astounding. over it. And I'm, I'm just, you know, for a prosecutor to get up and say, if you bring a gun, you have you don't have a right to self-defense anymore. And I'm like, what the hell you think I bring a gun to begin with? You know, <laughs> this, is, this is just so blatant and out there for so much of society and i'm wondering mm -hmm. the other side we're going to talk about it so that's going to we're going to have a good trump report and we which we, frank and i've been doing for what six seven years or something i mean oh my god you know <laughs> we, we, like grown old on on the on wait the wait, wait 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 we definitely have to have tim back on as a guest we enjoyed those shows those are the fun shows yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you know tim Pacho yeah, yeah frank, frank frank still frank still owes me the dollar from uh no. predicting oh. that this would be <laughs> He wants a That's right, and, and, and with it with inflation, the juice is on it too. I'm gonna really owe you some money. Well, yeah, you so know, you're, the, you're only make a dollar seven now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, it's it's only worth you know seven now. So anyway, you know, seven cents. But you know what? I what the, when we get back to Arizona, we'll do that. We'll get all of us in again, and we'll we'll do it up, man. We'll have some fun. Hey, John, thanks for coming on, man. We learned a lot today, Tim. Running the you know the, the the screen up there, getting some stuff. We found we broke some new ground here. There's some like, damn, they be a doing it. We already knew, but now we know that they you know got the infrastructure in place, and here it comes. And I'm sure as hell, Biden administration is announcing it with their you know currency controller, whatever the hell. You know this is just amazing. Well, thanks guys. Uh, thank great. you. And Thank you, Frank. I'd like to catch up with you some point off air because I know we haven't. Uh, actually, I think the last time we saw each other in person was the night of the election uh, or the selection was stolen. So, we, we, we need to catch oh, up. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Right. Yeah, no, we, we need to have a party. You know, you know, we should do, you know, a Freedom Phoenix Christmas party when we get back this year. I think we should have it at Frank. You know, we'll just go over to Frank and have a party. You know, and we'll talk about it. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah.